0: At the far end of town where the grickle grass grows and the wind smells slow and sour when it blows and no birds ever sing excepting old crows is the street of the lifted Lorax. This is how the story begins. A young boy walks into a desolate wasteland and meets the one who confesses he is responsible. This old man is faceless so it could be anyone any one of us The young boy sees a stone on the ground which has only one word unless What is an unless the boy asks The one-slur begins his story remembering how he was a young man once with wild dreams of creating a revolutionary product a thneed Which, he says, is something everyone needs. And so, way back in the days when the grass was still green and the pond was still wet and the clouds were still clean and the song of the Swami Swongs rang out in space, one morning I came to this glorious place and I first saw the trees. The Truffula Trees. The bright colored tufts of the Truffula trees, mile after mile and in the fresh morning breeze, and under the trees I saw brown barbalutes frisking about in their barbalute suits as the played in the shade and ate Truffula fruits. This once has a vision to create this new thing for the world, and this is the place he is going to make it happen. As well, the Onceler meets those who are living among this beauty and among this abundance. And in the midst of the Swami Swams and the Barbaloots, he also meets the Lorax, the guardian of the forests, who speaks for the trees. Not just because it is his job, but because of his love, his love for the people, his love for the creatures, his love for the very land, all of this which he considers Sacred. Whoa. This is the most beautiful place, okay, I have ever seen. <laughs> All right, here we go about to make a bleed, about to change the world. 我就不 我就... This funeral is a ritual many of us know well, that when a life ends, which has meant a great deal to us, we come together in our grief. This includes the planet we live on. The world described in the very first book of Scripture, Genesis, which begins as a formless void until God reaches into that void and shapes order and life. In the beginning... When the grass was still green. But God doesn't stop there, and the Israelites knew this. For as they write in the 65th Psalm, by awesome deeds you answer us with deliverance, O God, O God of our salvation. You are the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. By your strength you establish the mountains, you are girded with might. You silence the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, the tumult of the peoples. Those who live at earth's farthest bounds are awed by your signs. You make the gateways of the morning and the evening shout for joy. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide the people with grain, for you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, setting its ridges, softening it with your showers and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with richness. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. The Psalm of Praise focuses on God sustaining and being involved within the world. That is to say, this Psalm assumes from the outset that God is not this distant, distant creator who made the world and then just left it to its own devices, spinning away in some far off distance. Rather, God is an intimate creator who continues to live in close relationship to that which God has created. God is transcendent beyond creation, and yet God is imminent and immersed in the nitty gritty everyday ups and downs and beauty of life. When we come across such beauty, when we discover its purity, what is our role? To simply admire. To care for, to use for our own purposes. And then what about those who already live there and their ways of life, their customs, their cultures, their beliefs? How do we see God as the intimate creator who continues to live in close relationship with creation, but also immersed in that creation? One of my favorite gospel stories is in John, when a blind man approaches Jesus and asks to be healed. Jesus spits in the dirt, kneels down, and mixes that into mud, and then spreads the mud over the man's eyes. And then when he washes his face in a pool of water, the blind man is able to see I think part of this miracle includes Jesus using the elements of the earth and the power behind them that all can be used for God's love and grace. Jesus speaks many times for the trees, reminding us in our hectic, uncertain, chaotic lives that the peace we are so often, so dramatically searching for literally lives all around us. In the birds of the air, Jesus reminds us, in the blooming of the lilies, in the grass of the fields. If we would just take the time to look and to care a whole awful lot. Jesus cared. And this is why I think he and the Lorax would get along very well. Because even in the midst of brokenness, even in the midst of our need for healing, Jesus reminds us that the gifts of the earth can help us to know that healing and that peace we so desperately crave. And rather than exploit them for our own benefit, we can care for them together as a community and as God's people. You may have read this already, but if not, I... I highly encourage you to look at our latest e-connections because in that newsletter, in the midst of all the great information, is an article written by our memory minister, Vicki Pittner, in which she tells stories of camping throughout her life, throughout her childhood, going up to the great Smoky Mountains. Not just loving those who are experiencing dementia and Alzheimer's, but also the patience she reminds all of us to have and to care for in the midst of God's creation. And so in the midst of this story, she reminds us of a prayer of the woods that I would like us to share. Let us pray. I am the heat of your hearth in the cold winter nights, the friendly shade screening you from the summer sun, and my fruits are refreshing droughts quenching your thirst as you journey on. I am the beam that holds your house, the board of your table, the bed on which you lie, and the timber that builds your boat. I am the handle of your hoe, the door of your homestead, the wood of your cradle, and the shell of your coffin. I am the bread of kindness and the flower of beauty. You who pass by, listen to my prayer. Harm me not. Amen. God's beauty is all around us. It is not just in the gifts of nature. It is not just in the gifts of simple things like bread and juice. It is also the gifts of all of God's creatures. And it could be easy for us to just simply look among this beauty and then think about something else or to take this beauty for our own personal gain. But part of the gift of God putting hands into a formless void of chaos and and uncertainty and mixing it into order and into life and into love is for us to continue that life and that love. And sometimes that means getting in the mix of that messiness that we call creation. And so as we have been gifted... May we also be a gift to others. As we have been nourished, may we be a nourishment to each other. And may we care a whole awful lot. Amen.